everyone. Tom Salemi here. Thanks for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. Today, our guest is Dr. Andre Ford. He's the CEO and the founder of a company called Trod Medical, which has developed a really cool device for uh, prostate surgery. It, it's, it's, it was designed and created to, to, to fit a robotic system, which, of course, are used often to, to perform surgeries in, in that sensitive area. But it's got a very unique design uh, and a very unique story that I, that I think you'll enjoy. So, and, and it's come a long way on, on very little capital. So please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Andre Four. We, we, we love telling the stories of startups. And uh, this is one that I think might have slipped off some, uh, some radar screens, but I think it's going to uh, be drawing a lot of attention. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Andre Four. But before I let you go, thanks for listening to the podcast. And as a as proof of my gratitude, we did create the MedTech Talk code. So if you're going to register for the MedTech Conference, which is happening on June 1st in Minneapolis, go to MedTechConference.com. When you sign up, use MedTech Talk as a promotional code, and you'll save yourself a little money. Now, let's get into this conversation with Dr. Andre Four of Trod Medical. Well, Andre Four, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to have you here. I want to get into to Trod Medical and the Engage device in, in a few minutes, but I like to kick off the podcast just getting to know the person. I mean, it's a medtech startup uh, world is uh, is an exciting one. I think people find have, have different paths that lead them here uh, and different motivations. What uh, what drew you into into medtech, and, and how did you come to uh, to uh, lead a startup like Trod? Yeah, actually, my background is surgery. I'm a surgeon, and um, I'm not practicing for many, many years. Uh, I really uh, stopped to practice medicine for precisely developing new uh, medical devices, more specifically, more uh, new surgical devices. And uh, the, the basic idea on that time was uh, using robotics, was the early beginning of robotics and surgery in that time, and uh, using robotics for, for uh, um, manipulating uh, instruments, you, you cannot manipulate with your hands because they are too complex for direct uh, human manipulation. So you could achieve uh, surgical outcomes. Uh, um, uh, you, you cannot with classic uh, instruments like uh, scissors, uh, grass, uh, clamps, and things like that. Uh, and uh, I have developed over the years uh, two different uh, surgical uh, tools, robotic surgical tools, uh, for different diseases. One was for uh, atrial fibrillation. Uh, the other one was for uh, liver cancer. But those were done on, uh, in Europe on uh, more uh, university uh, uh, slash companies, uh, corporations. So uh, I didn't create companies on that time for developing those new tools. And uh, um, finally, after years of experience in developing new uh, uh, medical devices, uh, I, de I designed a specific tool for uh, uh, treating prostate cancer. Uh, it's an ablation tool uh, because I became, uh, at the same time over the years, uh, specialized in ablation devices. And uh, this, this new device is called the N-Cage, uh, is the origin of Trot Medical. Uh, I created back in 2006 in France. So here we are. After all those years, uh, the device is FDA cleared, C marked. Uh, we have uh, uh, all, all the families of patents are granted now, uh, are issued. So uh, we are getting very close to uh, commercialization here. That, that's uh, it's exciting. Happy uh, happy birthday to Trod. Uh, Ten years is a is a a good long run for for a startup. You should be proud. Uh, how did it, how did things sort of un unfold? You, you you were founded in two thousand and six. 
I understand your FDA clearance, you got a 510K for it, came uh, earlier, came roughly in 2008 or so, and CU Mark just came more recently. How did uh, how did your sort of your regulatory strategy for 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 Trod and for Encage play out? Yeah, actually, uh, since the beginning, uh, the the target was uh, initially uh, uh, orienting the whole thing to the U.S. market, and uh, because it's a more dynamic market, and uh, um, it, actually, we, we decided to go for uh, for the FDA clearance before we start working on the C mark. And uh, uh, what is interesting as well, it's, it's not very common, I, I know, on uh, startup companies, but what is interesting as well is uh, all, all the trials we did uh, on our device, I'm talking about preclinical and uh, human clinical trials, uh, were initially done in the United States, uh, uh, in New York, and uh, we did some, some other stuff in Tampa, Florida, uh, the Moffitt Cancer Center. Uh, so we, we, we oriented the whole thing uh, to the U.S. market because uh, we believe uh, uh, this is uh, this is the number one market for uh, innovation in, in this this kind of of, of device. Uh, yes, ten years is a long run, uh, uh, and we had to uh, to raise uh, several several rounds of uh, venture capital funds, uh, uh, including during the, the the financial crisis of 2008 and nine. Oh, that's a great time to be doing that for sure. What were what was the value proposition for Trot and, and Foreign Cage? How were you able to? How much have you raised? And in, in, in what uh, what story were you able to? Were you successful in, in telling to investors to, to to get them to invest? Tell us a little bit about Engage. Yeah, uh, actually, as I, as I mentioned to you before, uh, this is a device designed specifically for treating prostate cancer. And what is interesting about uh, prostate cancer, and it's fascinating about prostate cancer, is it's probably one of the most difficult organs to, uh, to make an ablation because it's a very small gland and uh, it's surrounded by, by uh, other tissues uh, like uh, nerve bundles and it's crossed by the urethra and uh, you have the rectum behind, very close. Uh, so it means if you want to destroy the cancer inside uh, the prostate and you make a lesion on those organs around, uh, what happens very often, uh, you end up with very serious side effects like uh, erectile dysfunction or uh, uh, incontinence. Uh, um, so pretty much today, uh, the, the, the treatments available uh, generate 50% of erectile dysfunction and around 20-30% of, of incontinence, which is, a, 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 I would say, it's a serious, serious issue for the patients. So uh, we, we use a specific uh, configuration of electrode. Uh, it's a coil electrode. Uh, that generates a Faraday cage effect. And uh, this Faraday cage effect is exactly what allows us to destroy exactly what we want and not damaging anything else uh, around less than one millimeter uh, uh, of, of the coil of, of the device itself. And this has been demonstrated in human clinical trials. So this is uh, pretty much the, the major benefit we have. Uh, it's a percutaneous procedure, outpatient procedure, Patients are, are going back home uh, uh, the same day and back to work in a, in a, in a, in a few days because uh, they really don't have side effects. Uh, so the other question you, you asked me is about how much money we raised, and this is something uh, I believe we are not uh, very, very um, uh, common on that as well, as we outsource almost everything we can, and we have raised since the beginning uh, only 15, around $15 million more or less. 
which is far less than, than uh, a typical uh, venture capital-backed startup company uh, uh, on, the, on the stage we are right now. That's terrific. So how many people actually work for Trod? Yeah, directly, only three people. Mm -hmm. So it's a small company. We, we outsource lots of things, and, uh, uh, and we have offices in Europe and in the United States. So we are probably the, the, the smallest uh, multinational company in the world. <laughs> it's always great to, to raise uh, as little capital as, capital as possible. Uh, I wonder, though, did, does, uh, the, is, it, is it more time-consuming to, to do things this way? Does that contribute to um, – if, if you were to advise someone starting a company – does a sort of virtual low headcount uh, approach require just more time and patience to uh, to get to the point of commercialization? Uh, not not necessarily, in my opinion, uh, because you you see uh, lots of companies out there. Uh, for example, uh, uh, companies that are just developing something and they have uh, uh, a vice president of uh, sales and marketing, but they're not selling anything. So. Uh, it's, it's more a matter of, of optimization of things. Uh, we prefer we prefer focusing on what what is important. And uh, the biggest benefits of, of outsourcing is number one, you can uh, you can uh, very often use uh, uh, skills uh, of people very very uh, um, um, specialized. Uh, you couldn't hire in your company; it would be too expensive, or you just don't don't find that those people. This is one benefit. And the second benefit is, and this is very valuable for a pre-revenue company, is uh, if you have to reduce costs very quickly, it's, it's easy. It's easy. Because uh, uh, as you know, pre-revenue startup companies, they, they rely on raising venture capital money. And uh, uh, this is something very difficult to do. And you cannot predict exactly how much time it will take. So uh, it's sometimes uh, uh, easier uh, when you don't have a lot of people inside uh, to reduce the cost and, and complete the new, a new venture rounds. It's always easier to give yourself a pay cut, I suppose. You don't take it as personally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, well, going into to just spend a moment on the cage device. So you, you, you sent along a link to a great, uh, a great video that will provide the, the, the uh, the link on the podcast page so people can take a look. But N-Cage, not N-Gage, N-Cage, it kind of resembles a, a corkscrew that you just you do sort of corkscrew it into, into the area to surround the cancerous tissue and then ablate there. And that's, and that's how you sort of – that's how you're able to control the RF energy and to, and to really uh, ablate only what you want to ablate. Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, actually, it's a, it's a radio frequency-based device. Uh, it's a bipolar device, and uh, we have uh, a needle or a smaller coil in the middle. It depends on the size of the device because we have a range of uh, different sizes. And uh, the outer coil, the outer coil is what uh, generates the Faraday cage effect. Uh, uh, so if people just click on, on the, the link of the movie, they will uh, understand very quickly how it works. Uh, and uh, that, this prevents the energy to get outside the, the coil. And, uh, yes, it's a percutaneous device. We just, we just use that as a corkscrew. And uh, 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 it's, not, it's not a classic surgery. We are not opening anything. It's just, it's just a, a small little uh, holes in the skin like, like a needle, actually. It's a kind of a, a curved needle. And, uh, and, and the patients have a minimum, uh, uh, a minimum side effects, really. 
Great. So what what is next? We as we mentioned, you you got five ten k notification in in two thousand and eight, and you, you got CE mark I think two thousand fifteen. Correct? If I'm checking my notes. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so you've got you've got that our way out of the way the regulatory part. Uh, what stands between you and in full commercialization of Encage? Yeah, uh, that that's a very good question. So we are just in the middle of all that here. Uh, we, we still have, because as I mentioned to you, uh, Nikage was originally designed uh, as a robotic tool, and we, we decided initially uh, to drop the robot for, uh, for, for focusing more on validating the device itself, the, the benefits, clinical benefits, and so on. Uh, and uh, what we call pretty much in, in, in product design as a minimally uh, viable product or something like that. And, uh, uh, but we still believe that using NCAGE robotically will, um, uh, will add a lot in terms of precision uh, for placing the car in the prostate. And, uh, uh, and of course, this will be linked to the navigation software and the guiding software. So uh, this will help a lot the average uh, user, a, a physician, to, uh, to get into the technique uh, uh, fast. Uh, and, uh, and, and it will be much, much more reliable and, and repeatable. So the next step then is uh, we are uh, just in the middle of, of some technical uh, technical work in, in terms of uh, integrating the whole system, uh, adding a robotic arm, and preparing the commercial phase. This is exactly where we are right now. Hey, everyone. Tom Salami here. I'm going to take a quick break from this conversation to remind you that the uh, MedTech Talk podcast is available on our MedTech Talk newsletter. If you want to get information about the guest and uh, useful links to kind of help amplify the story we tell here on the podcast, just go to medtechconference.com and sign up for our MedTech Talk newsletter. You'll not only get this podcast, you'll get our great video content from uh, from our conferences, but also from our remote interviews. So go to medtechconference.com and uh, sign up for the MedTech Talk newsletter. Now back to this conversation with Dr. Andre Four. And what and what will that require? Are you going to have a sales force that is selling this to surgeons, or or are you looking for a partner? I mean, you, you mentioned robotics, and, and you you mentioned prostate. You think obviously intuitive and, and Da Vinci, but uh, are you looking for someone who would want to attach this to their surgical robot? Robot, not necessarily intuitive, but perhaps someone else, or or are you pushing this forth as a, a sort of uh, alternative to robotics that might give you the precision? without the, 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 the necessity of buying an expensive robotic system? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, our first idea is uh, adding a unique uh, single robotic arm uh, dedicated to, to using the in-cage. But obviously, uh, uh, technically, uh, it's not very different from, from adding that to an existing robot. But uh, our intention is just providing a single-arm robot, much less expensive than what we have in the market right now. Uh, but, but again, uh, um, we, we are always open to uh, discussions with uh, other companies uh, with, for, for potential partnerships. But the goal right now is just, just preparing our, our, our own uh, robotic arm. And where are you in that development? Yeah, we still have some technical work. We are just in the middle of that right now. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, it's, uh, I would say, uh, it's a matter of, of time because, because we don't have uh, any, any uh, uh, technological or technical or medical risk anymore in the company. 
uh, is only technical development. So we 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 think we think the whole system should be ready uh, uh, more or less in 24 months or so. Interesting. And and how do you view the commercial op- opportunities in the U.S. versus Europe? You mentioned earlier on that you, the U.S. market is is, is larger, obviously. Uh, but is it now that you have approval for both? Uh, do you do you see one being more open to what you ultimately l- would like to roll out than the other? Is is this definitely headed to a U.S. only launch, or are you going to try to roll this out in, in Europe first? What's your what's your plan there? Yeah, for, for us, uh, the U.S. market is the, the, the most attractive one uh, because it's a single huge market. And, uh, uh, and and we, we of course we have to plan the launching uh, simultaneously in Europe, but we'll probably choose one, maybe two countries in Europe because, as you know, uh, every single uh, country in Europe has a different reimbursement uh, uh, strategy and, and uh, guidances, so it makes it much more complex. Uh, here is just it's just one one market. Hmm? And uh, I, I think the, 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 the reimbursement uh, environment in the U.S. will be easier for us uh, at the beginning. And that does make sense. And, and does the, the, uh, the higher level uh, political stress in, in Europe uh, regarding, well, the, the Brexit and all of that, does it make the, the, the idea, and I know Europe, uh, England had its own, has its own system, but does it make the, 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 the differences between the countries even even greater going forward is that a concern of, of you as a CEO trying to plan a path for uh, for reimbursement going forward are you even more concerned about Europe or, or more wary of Europe perhaps than you you might have yeah. been before yeah that, that's a good point Tom because uh, I really think uh, uh, this will make things uh, uh, more difficult for sure uh, because obviously we have UK which is a potential uh, interesting market for us uh, but as, as they are getting out of the system, uh, it will be regulatory issues, it will be uh, customs issues, uh, all, all kinds of things like that. And uh, what is difficult to predict at this point, of course, is uh, if any other big country decides to leave as well, because we have talks on this direction, then, then it will make uh, 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 the market much more fragmented and much more difficult to, to, to enter into, for sure. So I, I would again, I would again focus on the U.S. market a little bit more. Great. And, and so, final final question: What is, what is next for you? Um, you're you're you've got you're you're actually based in the U.S. and and, and you've got operations yeah, yeah, in Belgium correct. as well. So what what is, in addition to developing the 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 robotic element that that could work within Cage, what are your uh, goals for the for the company over the next couple of years? Yeah, so uh, what we'll be doing in the next uh, uh, two years or so is uh, uh, finishing the technical job I, I have described before and, uh, and preparing the commercial phase. That's something we have to, to have in our, our minds. Uh, means uh, probably hiring people and uh, training people and, and preparing the whole, the whole thing uh, the, way, the way it should be. And again, we should, we should initially focus on, on the clinical centers that uh, used to work with us and expand and expand on on uh, around. Uh, again, it's a, it's a huge market because prostate cancer is everywhere, and uh, uh, we will we will start in big centers first. Uh, like uh, for example, NYU is one of the clinical centers that worked with us uh, for a while now. 
uh, down here in Florida, uh, the Moffitt Cancer Center is another center, and uh, uh, and then starting to expand around around that. That that's the plan. Terrific. Well, uh, well, we wish you luck and glad, uh, Thank glad you. we could help tell tell Trod's story, and uh, look forward Thank to track, tracking your progress going forward. Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks. That's a wrap, Dr. Andre Ford. Thank you for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. It's a pleasure to tell Trod's story. Thanks, podcast listeners, for uh, for listening in. And uh, once again, as a, as a sign of our eternal, gra- eternal gratitude, we've created the MedTech Talk conference code. Use that when you register at medtechconference.com. Save yourself a little money. To help the podcast, uh, do three things. Give us a ranking on iTunes. Leave a comment if you'd like. And, uh, and tell your friends. If you have colleagues who enjoy MedTech as much as you do and love hearing innovative stories, then why not just give them the gift of MedTech Talk. Let them know what's happening. It's a free lifetime subscription. Just have them, uh, have them sign up for the MedTech Talk newsletter, and they will be able to talk to you about all the cool things you've heard on the MedTech Talk newsletter. All right, folks. June 1st, Minneapolis. Go to medtechconference.com and register. And we will see you in the Twin Cities.